the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by the Federation for American Immigration Reform and George Rodriguez on 930 AM, The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, 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 my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on this beautiful September, Saturday, October, should I say. Saturday, October 22nd, 2022. Welcome to the show, my friends. We've got a packed show for you. Thank you for tuning in once again. Before I get into it, my friends, let me remind everyone that uh, the El Conservador show is looking for a sponsor for the 2023 uh, show. Uh, our contract with our current sponsor will be over uh, in December, and uh, we will be looking for sponsors or sponsor for our show. Uh, and I hope that, um, you know, if uh, if your organization, if your uh, if your business is interested in sponsoring our program, uh, I would very, very much appreciate it if you would contact me uh, through the uh, station here at KLUP, 930 AM radio in San Antonio. And uh, we can certainly discuss it. We can tell you uh, how we can get uh, advertising for your business or your organization. We will promote it out there. Uh, I do a lot of public speaking, as you know. And uh, I certainly would promote uh, your uh, uh, your organization or your business along with us. So thank you very, very much, my friends, for um, for tuning in. Let me tell you who we've got because we've got a packed show. First of all, we've got uh, Congressman Chip Roy. I can't I cannot say enough good things about my congressman. Yes, he is my congressman, but he's all he's also a personal friend. The guy is on fire regarding the election and why it's important. You're going to want to hear uh, what he's up to and his feelings about what needs to happen in this election and why, as well as what needs to happen after the election, my friends, because we have a tendency, my friends, at times to win elections and then not do anything. And he is on fire. Uh, You're going to want to hear from Congressman Chip Roy. Our next uh, uh, guest is Mr. John Zadrozny, another very, very good friend. John Zadrozny is with the America First Legal Foundation in Washington, D.C. He's going to report, my friends, get this, get this. He's going to report about a proposed legislation in the Congress, in the U.S. Congress in Washington, by Democrats, where they are proposing to punish parents that interfere with the sexual transforming, uh, what do they call it, the... uh, transitioning, the sexual transitioning of children, okay? They have a proposed law where a parent would be punished if they interfered with the child's transitioning from male to female or from female to male. Imagine that. Imagine that. I mean, is that insanity or what? Our our, uh, next, uh, after that, our next uh, guest is Mr. Bob Bishop. Bob Bishop is my personal buddy who has been doing, who has been helping um, to do uh, interviews out at the Migrant Center. And Bob is a forensic investigator. He gets into issues. He does lots of uh, uh, research. And uh, he's done research on the contract, on the city of San Antonio's contract with the Migrant Center. Now, as you know, my friends, uh, Bob is also going to talk to you about a clandestine, about a secret meeting that was held between Homeland Security Mayorkas and uh, the uh, mayor of San Antonio. And uh, all of that, uh, we assume, was uh, regarding this migrant center here in San Antonio. And um, we're going to be chatting. He's going to be explaining to you how this uh, uh, contract went uh, was uh, formulated 
how secretly it is being done. And, uh, you know, you're going to want to hear, my friends, about what ramifications there is for the taxpayer in San Antonio. I mean, it, it stinks to high heaven, my friends, and the, and the citizens of San Antonio need to say something about it. Our final guest is, is um, my other good friend, Mr. Silvio Canto, who is a blogger and writer uh, for The American Thinker in Dallas. And Silvio is going to be chatting about, uh, he's going to be talking about uh, the election and the Hispanic vote, the uh, elections here in, in, uh, in Texas. Uh, they, uh, there's a lot of focus on it. In fact, this coming week, uh, as well as this past week, uh, there have been rallies like crazy in South Texas, all sorts of rallies going on in South Texas. Uh, Trump is going to be in town. Uh, I believe he's going to be, uh, or not in town, but he's going to be here in South Texas. He's going to be uh, in South Texas twice. He's going to be in Robstown and I believe again in, in Harlingen or McAllen. Uh, and uh, all of this attention coming in, in, in to, uh, to a, a heavy, heavy uh, Hispanic uh, community or area uh, that is uh, fed up with illegal immigration. Uh, once again, once again, you've got um, liberals uh, being racist who seem to think that just because you're Hispanic, you're somehow going to be sympathetic for illegal immigration. You know, uh, they forget that uh, all Hispanics, like all immigrants, whether they are Irish, Italian, Jewish, Chinese, whoever, when they come to America after a generation or two, they truly become American, and they resent illegal immigration. Everybody resents illegal. Nobody opposes immigration, because that's how we all got here, including the Indians, but we oppose illegal, uncontrolled immigration, which is what we've got. So, uh, Silvio's going to chat about the election implications on that. Uh, let me go. Let me let me tell you real quick, my friends, that we've got a real problem with the second phase of the border crisis. The second phase. Let me explain to you what the second phase of the border crisis is. The second phase of the border crisis is the impact that illegal immigration has on local governments and communities. As we see the thousands, well, I guess millions at this point, of illegal aliens crossing the border. We're going to see the impact on communities. How? We're going to see it on education. We're going to see it on social services. We're going to see it on the economy, on the local economy. We're going to see, uh, see it on, on our taxing because uh, government is going to grow because it's got to provide services to these folks. And, and you know, uh, uh, on the tax issue, my friends, let me tell you what really, really irritates the economy on this is that these folks, these illegal aliens are going to be taking out of the system while they have not paid into it. Historically, we always hear these liberals say, well, they pay taxes, they pay taxes. Well, these guys haven't paid taxes because they just got here. Nevertheless, we are, we, we are providing social services. We're going to provide education. We're going to provide law, uh, 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 welfare for them, health. I mean, folks, where is the fairness in that that they're always talking about? And then the last thing, my friends, that they're going to have an impact on is public safety. Law enforcement is going to be impacted by these folks. These folks, we don't know who is a criminal and who is not. We don't know who's a terrorist and who is not. We don't know who's got cartel connections and who doesn't. This is not a good situation. This is the second phase of the border crisis, my friends, and it's coming to your backyard. Once again, let's go to our first guest, my friends. Thank you for joining us. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. And uh, we've got our good friend, Congressman uh, Chip Roy, once again, uh, here in our district, uh, doing his work. And uh, I wanted to reach out to him because he's been uh, talking to another friend of mine, Senator Mike Lee up in Utah, as well as um, the continuing saga that we've got at the border. Congressman, thank you very much for talking to us. What's going on? Uh, how, they've got you all over the place. <laughs> 
Well, well, uh, great to be on, George, as always, and thanks for what you do and helping keep everybody informed about the state of the border, obviously, is your main kind of, uh, you know, informative point, but just all the issues that are important. Yeah, I was in Utah uh, the last three days. It was great. I was out there with my friend Mike Lee. Um, I took spe- special time to go out and help Mike because Mike is one of the best human beings I know, one of the best core conservative Constitution scholars that I know, and one of the biggest defenders of the Constitution that I know. And we've got to make sure that we are uh, – getting him back in the U.S. Senate. So I went out there with Ken Buck from Colorado, Russ Fulcher from Idaho, the entire uh, Utah delegation. We were able to get together, do some block walking, meet with people, give some speeches, uh, do some radio hits. And then I was at the debate last night, such as it was, uh, Mike Lee mopped the floor with Evan McMullen, who is a fraud. He's a Democrat. We all know he's a Democrat. And uh, and so I'm hoping that's going to shine through these last few weeks. But that race is, is arguably the most important in the country for me to make sure that we can have a shot at taking the Senate. But more importantly, that Mike Lee goes back. But I, I'm hopeful that he will. He's a good man, as you know. You know, for Texans, you don't know it. He did his mission work in South Texas. Um, you know, that's that's where he did his uh, Mormon mission work. And he's a great, uh, great guy. And he did good work down in the valley. Yeah, he was in McAllen. He was in the McAllen mission. You know, one of the interesting things uh, <clears throat> that we can segue on is that um, there are lots of the uh, of the uh, migrants, of the illegal aliens out at the Migrant Center here in San Antonio that are going to be going to Utah, not to mention other places like New York and Washington, D.C. They're all going on their own. But uh, the, uh, I mean, the number continues to grow of people coming across the border, coming to the center here. They're spilling over into the street. When is this insanity ever going to end? It will end when uh, one of two things happen. We elect a Republican president, which frankly is the earliest that that can happen is two years from now. Uh, Or it happens when Republicans in Washington uh, and frankly throughout the country grow a spine, stand up and fight for their country by demanding that we enforce the law, that we instate the policies necessary to turn people away at the border. Uh, and only have people uh, who are going through any kind of adjudication of a claim if they're fully detained. That's it. That's the end of the whole story. That's what you have to do. Because at the end of the day, these are folks who are, uh, you know, uh, coming here because cartels are making lots of money, moving people across the border, and we've got to stop uh, making a profit incentive by allowing them to do that. That's the way you stop this. Uh, you got to change the policies at the border. Congressman, we uh, I've been giving tours to folks uh, who come into town just to see the Migrant Center. Uh, last Thursday, some a delegation from the Texas uh, uh, Federation of Republican Women was uh, with me. We were talking to an illegal alien family, um, and then 10 feet away, maybe even less, there was a drug deal going on with these uh, with some illegal aliens right behind us. Uh, this is going to happen in virtually every community that uh, these folks end up going to because they have no they have no skills, they have no uh, education, they have no contacts. They're going to end up in the street like so many are doing here in San Antonio. Uh, do do folks in Washington understand? I mean the the situation that's brewing. You know, to the extent that you do. Absolutely not, George. Uh, to the extent that I do, to the extent that most Texans do, absolutely not. There is an increasing awareness, in part due to the reach of fentanyl and in part due to the work of a few of us to continue to beat the drum relentlessly. My pledge, of course, to the constituents I have in Texas 21 is to never stop beating that drum. It's what you hired me to do. Uh, on, and I'm doing that for you uh, as, as my constituent and friend as well. But you're doing it. And there are others who are doing it. And that's critically important. But everything you just said, right, that doesn't stop, back to your original question, unless Republicans make it stop. And the only way to make it stop is to not fund it. And and I I, I keep trying to raise this point. And I was talking to a reporter with Politico earlier, which I'm sure will go nowhere because it's Politico, but I tried. (laughs) And so I laid it out there and just said, look, everyone's going to turn this into a, quote, shutdown fight. That is D.C. swamp speak. The truth is there's one question. Will you use the power of the purse that the founders gave us in the Constitution for Congress, the People's House in particular, to check an out-of-control executive branch that is allowing our country to be turned into an experiment in which Americans die, migrants die, and leftists pat themselves on the back that somehow that's compassionate? It's wrong. 
We should not fund it. And what I mean by that is not about a shutdown fight. It's that we put forward a funding bill that demands that we enforce the laws of the United States, secure the border of the United States, protect Americans, and have safe path- pathways for migrants who want to come here. The many people you know, George, who are seeking to do it the right way, who have done it the right way. I'm so sick of a federal government, if you allow me one more rant, I'm so sick of a federal government that is undoing the right way to do things. You've got kids out there who pay their student loans off and work two jobs to do it. You have families who have struggled to do that. You have people who do it the right way who didn't take out a student loan, started a business. And now we're going to go pay off student loans for a bunch of kids who sit in their basement with ridiculous degrees on gender studies. <laughs> so true. Pay off their loans? It's absolutely <laughs> numbing. And what about those people waiting in line to come into this country who've done it the right way? The people who come here and work hard and come in under visas to do it the right way. And then we're going to allow this wide open border to blow that up? It's absolutely wrong. It upends the very rule of law that attracts people to the United States and makes our country the greatest on earth. And you got to protect the rule of law if you want to protect this country. Let me let me let you go with this last question. Um, with the uh, with the election so close now, are you optimistic? And if so, if if Republicans win, hopefully they will have the backbone, as you put it. Not only to stop, but to reverse a lot of the, the damage that has been done on the economy, uh, in education, and obviously at the border. Uh, are, are, how are are you feeling? Are you feeling um, uh, optimistic? I'm always optimistic in where this country will go if the people are allowed to take it there. But if you're asking me if I'm optimistic, if your swamp-dwelling leadership creatures are going to actually follow the moniker of leadership to carry this country forward, I think the verdict is out. And why do I say that? Because I've never seen evidence that Republicans are willing to throw their bodies in front of the train in order to save this country, rather than to just try to, quote, keep people in power or have a committee ship. So... I'm going to be demanding on November 9th. Look, I am a team player all the way up through November 8th. I will do everything I can to get every Republican elected up and down the ballot. If you're listening to this, you go out and knock doors. You drag friends to the polls. You get everybody elected up and down the ballot because Federal O'Rourke wants to destroy the Texas you know. You might have concerns that Greg Abbott do more or do something else. Greg Abbott, we will work with on November 9th to make this state better. Beto will try to destroy this state. But I promise you on November 9th, I will light a fire under Kevin McCarthy, light a fire under Steve Scalise, light a fire under all of my colleagues in the Freedom Caucus, if I have to, to do what we said we would do. And I'm going to fight for that. And here's what I'll say. I'm optimistic, George. If the American people stay engaged on November 9th, don't throw up your hands on the 9th and say you're done. Get on the horn. Tell your, uh, your leaders what you want and let's go demand it and stand with them. And when I'm fighting and pushing back on Republicans for not doing what they said they would do, have my back. Have the back of your state reps when they do that in Austin next January and February. If the people are behind us, there's nothing we can't accomplish. You got it. Well said, well said. Congressman, thank you so much. We've been speaking with our good friend, Congressman Chip Roy from the uh, 21st District of Texas. Congressman, keep up the fight, and thank you very much for joining us. God bless, George. Take care. Mm-hmm. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got our very good friend, Mr. John Zadrozny, from uh, the America First Legal Foundation in Washington, D.C. And John is like our eyes and ears uh, for legislation and legal issues in D.C. John, welcome to the show. Tell us what they're up to now, because I, I, I myself have a hard time believing it. Please tell us. Well, thank you, George. Uh, it's, it's great to be with you, as always. Well, I, I live in the, the great Commonwealth of Virginia, which is trying to get itself back on its feet with Republican leadership. But the crazies are still here. Uh, a local uh, state representative introduced a bill uh, within the last few days, basically calling for the imprisonment of any parent in the Commonwealth who has the audacity to prevent their child from being sexually mutilated uh, by the so-called gender-affirming care effort. 
um, it, it's really quite amazing that someone actually put this on paper. I mean, we know the we know the left is, is stretching the bonds of normalcy, uh, but but this is even more crazy than I think anything anyone has thought they could they were capable of doing. And it really puts in very stark terms just how extreme they are. I mean, it's one thing to, to talk about transgenderism, and there is a lot there, and we could literally talk for hours about that. But to then go that next step and say. Not only are our parents not uh, welcome to be involved in the decision, not only are they going to try and exclude them, but they're literally going to put them in prison if they have the audacity to uh, object as parents, who, by the way, still have you know dominion over their children until they become adults. And, George, you are seeing this in Texas. We're seeing this in Virginia. There's probably not a corner of the country that's not seeing this insanity where we live in a world now where they will lock you up for pre- preventing the mutilation of your children. But if you're a murderer or a rapist or a violent criminal, you'll be out free on bond. They probably won't charge you. Uh, the, the contrast is just insane. This is how this is how empires die, George. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, it, it's very, very odd that they, you know, so blatantly will say that they, they want the state to raise the kid rather than the parents. I mean, that has been said and then they've backtracked on on it, but uh, they keep their their actions show otherwise. George, they've been telegraphing this for years. I think we all we, the right has to do a much better job of listening to the left when it tells you what it's going to do. Right. Um, so the great example I have of, of this is it was 25 years ago we had to listen to Hillary Clinton tell us it takes a village. Well, what do you think that means? That means taking parents out of the, the parental role. It's a very Marxist concept where the state controls everything, including the upbringing of children, and parents are peripheral at best. So they've been telling us for years this was their plan, and they're, they're finally, you know, they, they, in the beginning when they tried to do something crazy, they, they poo-poo it and downplay it and say, oh, no, you're crazy, that's not what's going on. And then 20 years later, they've done it, and they say, you are an idiot for not listening to us. And that's exactly what's happening here. The uh, Now, the battle there in Virginia with, uh, I mean, it, it gave rise to the new governor that you've got. Uh, as well as uh, the attorney general and a few others, right? That uh, I mean, it, it was all uh, precipitated ma- mainly by the battle in the uh, for the school boards. But it seems like they um, they continue the. I mean, they haven't backed down at all, have they? No, they haven't, George. And that's a great point. I think Governor Youngkin, Attorney General Miares, both are great. Um, they owe their their presence here in Virginia. They're in their you know in Richmond. Uh, helping the state out and getting us back on our feet as, as a you know a free place um, to the fact that the left went crazy last year and tried to basically shove all this down people's throats with broken school boards. Uh, so you would think after after a, a pretty significant rebuke that cost them a safe state, they might pause and say, hmm, maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe we should hold back. Maybe we should try something different. No, they're going full bore. In fact, this is a triple down in many respects because it's even beyond the, the effort that I think is – you know, many bridges too far to not include parents in the conversation about these things. Uh, so th- th- I don't know, George, I'm kind of out of words, which is rare for me, as you know. <laughs> it, it really, you know, it, it is it's it's shocking because uh, they they are throwing it in our face. Do you do you see any kind of backlash to this overt? I mean, really overt effort to um, to remove parents from the equation uh, of such an important issue. I mean, do you uh, are are there people waking up to it and pushing back on it? I sure hope so, George. I mean, I think this raises two issues. One of which is that the left's not really going to go away. And you're, you're, if you ever thought they would wake up and say, "Gosh, we've gotten this wrong. We have to try something different," they're not. They're going to double and triple down, which means they really just need to be defeated. Everyone who who every community that has children needs to start asking anyone who's running for office would you do you support something like this whether it's virginia or not george i think this has to be because this will be the sort of thing that starts popping up in the crazier corners of the country and unless unless people start stopping on it 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 could become a thing so they've got to ask everyone hey do you support this or not and by the way uh, you had the same problem we do which is we have these horrendous marxist george soros funded prosecutors who uh, don't prosecute. Yeah, they don't right. prosecute the violent crime and the crime that makes a difference for the average citizen. But they would they would you know roll their sleeves up and dive into this. You you can bet your money they would do that. And so um, that also has I think that's you know a long way way of saying yes. I think people are waking up. Their the main question is they're trying to figure out what's the target for solution here. And I think the target is first of all any representative who supports anything 
remotely like this needs to be thanked for their time and sent home. And But that also goes for prosecutors because we're going to have a wave over the next few years of local and state races where law enforcement officials, attorneys general, and local prosecutors are going to be up. And it's, it's incumbent upon communities to say, would you support something like this? And if they say yes, they have to be thanked for their time and sent home also. So uh, once again, I mean, so the people understand the, the legislation would propo- propose uh, is proposing that parents that get in the way of a child wanting to be gender changed, transitioned, whatever way, whatever way, you know, I'm not sure what the political word, politically correct phrase is, but which uh, if the child wants to, the parents cannot get in the way. And if they do, they're going to go to jail. Not only are they going to go to jail, George, it would be a felony. Oh. Um, but so there are many crimes that are actually significant crimes, but because of the, the wisdom of the legislature, they're, they're misdemeanors. But this would be a felony. It would be on par with basically manslaughter. So it's really kind of ridiculous. I, I, you know, the irony is the slaughtering is being done by the other side, but they would throw you in prison. Oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. John, anything else that you want to you want to add before we let you go? Uh, no, just uh, I encourage everyone, you know, and I heard there's an election coming up in a few weeks, George. Yes. So, <laughs> really? And, and, and anyone who's got, uh, you know, any concerns about this in their community, in their state, their district, make sure your vote and your voice is heard. I don't care how you vote, but make sure the people who are running are doing what you want them to do. Uh, don't let them get away with mealy mouth answers and get the, to the bottom of this and other issues. And, you know, let's see what happens in a month. I think America is really, really looking for a change. I sure hope so, at least. I sure hope so. I went to uh, filled up my truck with gas a little while ago and yep, I'm ready for change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you. Thank you very, very much, folks. We've been speaking with our good friend, Mr. John Zadrozny from uh, the America First Legal Foundation in Washington, D.C. John, take care. Thank you so much, George. Take care. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And uh, we've got our good friend, Mr. Bob Bishop. And uh, Bob and I have been doing uh, some uh, work out at the Migrant Center of uh, recording interviews with folks. I don't know how many of you have seen it, but uh, if you go to YouTube, Bob Bishop, uh, Forensic Inspector, investigator, should I say, he uh, has a wealth of, uh, of these uh, uh, YouTube interviews that we've done. You can also go to mine uh, at uh, El Conservador, and um, you will uh, you get an eyeful, my friends, of what's going on. But I wanted to get Bob on here because he's done some very good investigation on the property, on the ownership, on the uh, contracts on all sorts of things that are going on out there. And uh, I want him to kind of uh, dispel a lot of rumors as well as um, uh, give us the facts. So, Bob, welcome. Thank you for taking time this morning. Talk to Uh, us. Tell us what you've got. Uh, Give us an update. uh, Thank you, George, for having me on. Uh, One of the things that I need to put context in is, is back in August the 24th when New Yorkers came here, in a clandestine meeting and met with the mayor as well as Joe Gonzalez, the FBI, and McManus on the migrant center, as well as they had a topic of domestic violent extremism, where they talked about it. So that got me interested. So when I went ahead and did an open records uh, request, I got the information, but tied into that, it made us realize after we'd been over there at the migrant center that there'd been a change of control. And that change of control occurred in early September with the Catholic Charities. So the Catholic Charities now run the Migrant Center, and we got a copy of the contract. And it was kind of interesting. What the the Catholic Charities is responsible for in the contract is the support services. They provide distribution of food and commodities, which is also the San Antonio Food Bank, as well as Catholic Charities. 
They also do travel assistance where they purchase tickets. They also do the physical security of the facility as well as any other support. So what they're doing with this contract is, is they're hiding the grants to come from FEMA and other government organizations to support it where the average citizen can't do an open records request with the city to find out what is going on. So it's, it's basically doing away with transparency with what's going on at the migrant center. Now, something that's very important for people to understand <clears throat> is that there is some type of, of city uh, or, or uh, yeah, it's a city rule, city regulation, I believe, that uh, protects nonprofits from uh, having to provide a lot of information. And that's probably why they're hiding. Well, that is why they're hiding behind the nonprofit status, Correct. Uh, that's very well. That's you summed it up good, George. Uh, so, I mean, it, uh, it it's literally they're hiding behind a thick curtain uh, that does not allow the public to find out uh, who's involved and how much. So what uh, where is this thing going, Bob? I mean, we've been out there and we are seeing more and more people. We're seeing the thing go downhill. We are now seeing that they don't even have um, a curfew. So where do you think where this this thing is going? Well, I think it, I think it's got legs that are going to go into next year, twenty twenty three. And one of the reasons I say that is, is I go to the give pulse and look at the interfaith welcome coalition, and they have a, for example, a section where they go through and they do a bus station ministry. George, it goes into February. So this tells me that this is not going to go away immediately. It's got long-term implications as long as Biden and Mayorkas control the border and Harris. So I, I I don't see any volumes decreasing, even though the Biden administration said that they were, they were not going to allow uh, unaccompanied males or single males into the country. I don't find that to be true. I think it's 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 strictly optics. I think we've got a lot of issues going forward. And I've noticed, George, that since you and I have been going out there interviewing, we've got a situation where there seems to be a, a change in the attitudes and in the way the migrants are reacting to us. And it's like they've told them not to talk to us, but some of them are actually somewhat hostile in a way. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh... We were there with, uh, I was there with uh, uh, this gentleman, Jason Goodman, uh, the other day, and uh, it definitely there was, there's more hostility. So uh, give me your impression of the neighborhood, the impact of the neighborhood as this, as this, uh, as the number of illegals grow uh, that are being, and I'll use that term, processed out there. Yeah, well, you know, we we've talked to one individual that was in the neighborhood in Sharer Hills, and she was talking about the prostitution behind the shopping center. And uh, we've had other confirmations of that as well. And then, in fact, uh, about a week ago, when we were having given a tour to some individuals, there was a drug transaction ten feet away from us. <laughs> Yes. You know, I, I mean, it was just unbelievable to sit there and watch. In fact, the one individual with us filmed it. Yep. Yes, uh, they truly did. So what what needs to happen, Bob, in your opinion? I mean, if the city, I mean, the city is directly responsible for this, for crying out loud. The mayor, uh, I mean, they're, they're meeting with Mayorkas and, uh, and, and the DA, uh, this clandestine meeting that took place. What needs to happen? What do we need to do? Well, the only thing I can think of is is that we got to shut the border down. In fact, I would go so far as to work with the Mexican government. We'd go down to Tapachula and shut it down at the border down there uh, to Central America. I think that's the first place it needs to stop. And uh, I think that that would stem it and get the message out. We're not taking people. Yep. And, and, you know, the buses that keep arriving on a daily basis, I mean, this, you know, I, I can see why they, they've planned it out to February, because I don't think that um, Mayorkas or, or uh, Biden are going to stop uh, the, anything at the border, and, and, and it's going to continue. We're going to continue seeing this, this huge number of people. Yeah, you know, one of the things that, that you and I have noticed is is the, is the buses, and 
there's such a volume and need for buses that they've been pulling these buses out of out of mothballs, 50, 60 year old buses, school buses, metro buses, and etc., just to shuttle around the migrants. And uh, it's very apparent when you see you know the school buses dropping off. Uh, Migrants at the migrant center. It tells me the volumes are just stunning. Right. So the the building. Getting back to the building again. Um, tell us once again, one more time, what, who owned the building? How did it come into possession to to for, for uh, this group uh, endeavors to utilize it, and how long is are they going to utilize it? Do you think? Well, it, what it is, is it was originally Kim Realty that did it. We got the open records and got a copy of the lease, probably the first in the city to do so. And we found that uh, Kim Realty put $4 million into a $5.3 million purchase in November from CPS. And you look at it and you scratch your head because that is a commercial area that has been in deterioration for decades. Why anybody would want to buy an old 60-year-old building is beyond me. But then they turned around and uh, backdated, all I think, all the way to June or whatever. At least with Cam Realty, the city did. So uh, you look at it and you scratch your head. And then when we look at the appropriation that we got from the city we had endeavor in there that is doing the hotels and uh endeavors is tied into the uh biden harris administration through one individual uh that's named lorenzo Strait, andrew lorenzo Strait, who worked with the biden administration now one of the rumors that is going around the city that is is we know is not true is is that Endeavors is going to open up a, a place over there on Days of Allah and I ten, but actually what that is is more their, their headquarters. Now one of the things that I'm thinking that is going on and I can't prove it at this point and it's probably shield, uh, shielded through the Catholic charities because of the sheer volume and they've got to be putting more of these migrants inside hotels here within the city and cutting new contracts because of the sheer volume and we've seen so many people that extend their stay beyond the three days where do you put them that's right and we are seeing many more ubers uh arriving uh on a daily basis and these people are coming from someplace i don't think they're taking an uber all the way from uh from the border here no no but they're going somewhere yeah and uh yeah the other day i saw uh when jason goodman and i did the filming there was like several rent cars they were lined up picking up people, and we were scratching our head going like, Man, they could have been Uber for all we know, but it just looked very unusual. They were standing on the curb waiting for them. Ultimately, this is a mess that has been created because of the open border, and uh, taxpayers are paying for it federally uh, and locally. Uh, I don't know about statewide. That's probably, there's some money statewide probably coming in there too, but definitely federal and um, and local money so i don't know we will keep people abreast and we'll keep going out there and uh and uh checking on this uh on this disaster called uh, the san antonio migrant center <laughs> bob thank you very much for taking time to be with us this morning and um uh, we will uh, continue to follow you and folks. Tell the tell the folks where they can follow you on uh, on, on Facebook and other. Well, they, they can. Uh, I don't use Facebook per se, but uh, I've got a Twitter account under Bob Bishop. I've also got a, a LinkedIn account under Bob Bishop, as well as the YouTube that we do a lot of our interviews on. But uh, I greatly appreciate if you would uh, follow me, like the videos, so that we get more attention in in the Google search engines where people can actually see the real story of what is going on here in San Antonio. You got it. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got our good friend, Mr. Silvio Canto, who is also a uh, pundit, a political pundit, writer, uh, blogger in, uh, in the Dallas area. And I wanted to get him on, my friends, because uh, Silvio um, uh, has his pulse on the uh, on, on the Hispanics uh, here in Texas. As far as the 
uh, where are, are is the vote going? How is the vote going? Et cetera, et cetera. And he's got a great article that he just did. Silvio, thank you for taking time. Welcome to the show. I want to hear about this. Uh, let's start with the, with this article that you wrote. Uh, it's fascinating because uh, you, as a Cuban American, uh, you write about how you've seen it. You've seen this movie, uh, been there, done that, sort of sort of speak. Talk to us about that. Well, first of all, as always, it's a great honor to be with you, uh, George. Um, you know, when I was, uh, I, I was 12 years old when I came to the United States with my parents. And my, my parents would always use that phrase. You know, we saw this movie before, and it didn't end well. And that was a reference to uh, socialism and countries that would flirt with, with socialism, Venezuela, recently. And they always had this line, you know, uh, we saw that movie before. So it inspired me to write this post about a survey that was taken by, uh, I think it was Telemundo, if my memory is correct. And they were finding out that Hispanics are very conservative when it comes to uh, lots of issues. And, for example, they don't like socialism. Uh, they don't like chaos. And, you know, they're conservative in, in general. Something that you and I have said many times, George, you know, when we've done our chats. And and this is uh, driving them away from a, a, uh, a Democrat party that every day seems to be more and more in line with San Francisco and less and less in line with Texas. So when you go down, for example, to South Texas, an area that you know very well, and you're beating up on the oil industry, uh, you... You forget that many people in South Texas have a job because of the oil industry, all those refineries down there, all those truck drivers that make a living moving that oil. And, uh, you know, when they're sitting there hearing attacks from the oil industry, what they're hearing is, you want to take my job away. You want to destroy my livelihood. Uh, also, on issues like abortion and issues like that, you know, uh, you know crime, obviously, it's a big problem. Hispanics are, are rejecting it. And that's what this article uh, was saying, and that's that's the the point I, w- I was making, George. You know, one of the uh, interesting uh, situations that occurred uh, the other day. I, I was ma- I was down in in, in um, Brackettville, right near, near the border, and uh, I uh, spoke to some folks who had been <clears throat> uh, at a rally in Eagle Pass for Bethel, and apparently at the rally, someone mentioned how the Catholic Church had, because uh, it was Columbus Day, how it had enslaved the minds of people. Now, I would say that 90% of the people that were there at that rally for Bethel were, 90, were, were, were Catholic, and I can't imagine how, my, how their reaction might have been. So it seems like they, their, their, their message kind of steps on the people rather than, then flirts with them. What do you think? Exactly. I mean, I, I think that, you know, they, they have an idea, many Democrats, they have an idea that all Hispanics think the same way, that we all see ourselves as victims <laughs> of this or that. Yes. And what they fail to realize is that the overwhelming majority of Hispanics in the United States, I'm going to say 90%, even more than uh, a majority, most of them, First of all, they came to the country legally. They respect the the fact that uh, things in the United States are very orderly. We have a rule of law. Uh, You know, when you sign a contract, uh, it means something. Because these are things that they didn't have in their countries when they came here. Uh, You know, the value of the currency, the stability of the economy and everything else. And and those things mean a great deal to these people. They're, They're... so when you say to a Cuban, for example, when a Cuban like myself or a person from Venezuela, when he hears Bernie Sanders talking, you know, you go, wait a minute, wait a minute, what are you talking about? You know, this this stuff that you're mentioning is wrecking countries. And it doesn't, George, it doesn't have to be Cuba or Venezuela. It can be other countries, Argentina, for example. Argentina has been devastated by socialism. Uh, so, you know, you, you look at these countries and people from those countries come here and they're saying, hey, we don't want to see that here. We, we ran away from that. And that's something that Democrats are finally figuring out. 
and we'll see what happens in November. But I think I think they're going to be in, they're going to be in for a little surprise when the Hispanic vote goes in a different direction, George. Yeah. Well, let me ask you all uh, uh, regarding this election. Okay, we've got first of all three Hispanic women, Republican women, running in the valley, as well as we've got Bethel running again on the Democrat side for a different uh, for a different office. I mean, he's this is going to be the uh, the third office that he's run on. He's run for Congress. And he won that in El Paso. He's run for senator. He never he didn't win that one. Now he's going to run for governor. Um, what what is happening with the uh, with the with the politics of, of the Democrats that uh, you know that they've got Hispanic women running against him and then a retread? Yeah, well, I think in the case of Beto O'Rourke, that that's a very unique situation because Beto O'Rourke is a man who I think in order to make a name for himself in 2020 took a lot of positions when he was running for president uh, that have really backfired on him right now. Uh, the AR-15, some of the things that he said in general. I mean, when you watch these uh, Abbott commercials, it's like all, all, they, all they have to do is replay Beto videos. Uh, I mean, it's, it's remarkable. So I think he just pushed himself too far to the left. And then on top of that, he picked a bad year to run because this is going to be the exact opposite of, of 2018. 2018 was a year where the winds were blowing for the Democrats, and in this year, it's the opposite. Now, those three ladies down there are just, I mean, I'm watching those three ladies down there because they could be pu- pulling off some real history. You're talking about District 15, uh, District 28, and District 34. As it stands right now, George, and, and you're closer to it than I am, but from up here, I see uh, Monica de la Cruz winning number 15. I really, I think she's got a pretty good chance there. And then Maida Flores and Cassie Garcia, are, as of right now, they're in very competitive elections that could go either way. They don't have to win all three, but if they can pull at least two out of the three, that's a, that's a real a victory for Republicans in South Texas, George. Yeah. Uh, do you think, let me ask you this this last question, and you tell me, do you think that these winds of change, I mean, the, the, the wind that is blowing the Democrats further and further left is the same wind that's kind of pushing the Hispanics further and further right. Do you think that this is um, a, a realignment, a, a more permanent realignment, like the the blacks ended up uh, in, a, after the 1960s so entrenched in the Democratic Party? Uh, I think we'll know that for sure in 2024, uh, to be honest, because one of the big things, uh, you know, when you look at what is happening in 2022, you cannot discount the economic problems. So, you know, when you have the economic problems that we have, then the, you know, the whoever the incumbent party is is going to take a beating. So a lot of Hispanic resentment or rejection of President Biden or the Democrats has to do with the economy. I also think the border has become a disaster for the Democrats. So uh, in 2024, I think we'll be in a better position to say whether it's a realignment or not. But I can tell you this, things are not going back. Uh, I mean, you and I have lived here in Texas long enough to know that it wasn't long ago uh, that you wouldn't even think that a Republican had a chance to win in South Texas. And now that's changed. So we're not going back to the days of 100 percent Democrat in South Texas. What percentage? 50 percent, 60 percent. Time will tell. But the days of 100 percent Democrat, those days are gone, George. Yeah, I, I believe so. Silvio, tell the people where they can follow you and where they can uh, read your, your uh, postings and listen to your blog. Yeah. Well, the, I usually post uh, over at the American Thinker. That's AmericanThinker.com. Uh, it's a great uh, website that is published every day, and I always try to put something on there every day. Uh, I, they can also see my blog because I whatever goes on American Thinker, I also publish on, on my blog, and uh, that's where the podcast is as well. And the easiest way to do it is just look up Canto, C-A-N-T-O, talk, T-A-L-K, Canto Talk, and that'll, that'll, that'll get you the, to, the right, uh, to the right website, uh, George. 
I thank you, sir. Once again, my friends, we've been talking with our good friend Silvio Canto from uh, Dallas, Texas. Well, actually, it, are you, you're in a suburb of Dallas, aren't you? Yeah, to the north of Dallas. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, nobody really lives in Dallas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit like San Antonio. I That's guess. right. That's right. Thank you very much, Silvio, for spending some time with us. George Rodriguez, my friends, on El Conservador in San Antonio. Once again, my friends, thank you very much for joining us today. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we really thank you. Let me emphasize, let me uh, once again repeat to everybody, uh, just like I did at the very beginning of the show, that we're looking for sponsors for the uh, 2023 show. Uh, the contract for 2022 is over with our current sponsor. We thank them tremendously. However, uh, we're going to be looking for uh a sponsor for the um, uh, 2023 uh, year. Uh, I, I hope that, uh, you know, if you've got a um, an organization, if you've got uh, a business that would like to support us, uh, that would be fantastic. Um, the Federation for Immigration uh, Reform, for American Immigration Reform, FAIR out of Washington, D.C., has been our current sponsor. And uh, we really, really thank them. Of course, uh, we uh, uh, have uh, also had a previous sponsor in uh, Border Hawk News. Uh, they uh, were also a sponsor of ours. Uh, so we were going. We are going to be looking for a uh, new sponsor for this coming year. Uh, remember that uh, I do a lot of public speaking. I do a lot of. Uh, uh, I do uh, book reviews. I do. Uh, a lot of activities, and uh, we would have no problem in carrying your logo and adver- and advertising with us uh, everywhere we go, uh, where we put a banner up, et cetera, et cetera. We would have no problem in having your logo, your business, your organization as a sponsor. So uh, if you're interested in that, please, please, please let us know, because we want to stay on the air. We want to continue uh, our mission of uh, informing and educating people about uh, various issues. The other aspect of it is that, um, uh, you know, we need, we need our, we cannot be shut down. We cannot be shut up. And this is, uh, this is exactly what the left wants us to do. The left wants us to be quiet. The left wants us to go away. We can't do that, my friends. If we do, then they win. They particularly, and I, I hate to use this term, but they particularly want to shut somebody up like myself, who is a, a an American of Mexican descent, who is bilingual and uh, who uh, destroys their narrative. I was born in public housing. I was educated in English. I am an American. I have nothing uh, in, in common with uh, Latin American countries other than maybe I speak Spanish. Outside of that, my friends, I'm red, white, and blue, through and through. And uh, the left hates to hear that. So anyway, well, thank you for joining us today. Uh, I hope that uh, you will tell your friends about us. Let's see. Let's uh, join us again next year, next week. And uh, same time, same station. George Rodriguez, El Conservador. <music> Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.